You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Hey now, hey now. Welcome to the debut episode of the Managemental Podcast, a weekly discussion on hot topics in the music biz for the up-and-comers, the brand newbies, the beginners, and the aspiring rock stars of tomorrow. The struggle is real, my friends, and let us help you uncover some of the mystery that is this competitive business of rock and roll. I'm your host, coffee drinker, cat enthusiast, band manager by day and classic rocker by night, Mr. Blasco. I am joined by my good buddy, the co-host from the other coast, a label owner, artist manager, and athletic superpower, Mr. Mike Mount. In today's episode, we get into some predictions for 2017, inspired by an article written by Paul Reznikoff for digitalmusicnews.com. Like, will streaming save the music industry and has the vinyl bubble burst? Who knows? But it should be a fun discussion, so let's get mental. Well, hello and happy new year, Mr. Mike. Congrats, I must say, on the newborn. Thank you very much. Much appreciated. A long time in the, in the making and couldn't have come at a better time as the industry took a small break. It allowed me and my wife to get familiarized with the idea of having a little one kicking around the crib. Well, now, so it's a Christmas baby, right? So, you know, could you commit this early on to doing, but you know, the Christmas baby people a favor and not give him the combined Christmas birthday present, but he should be able to have two separate presents, one for the birthday and one for Christmas, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't disagree. We, there's a lot of precedent in my household. For one, my grandfather on my dad's side, he was a Christmas Eve baby, and I'm in December, early December, December 5th, in fact. You got time to save up for your present now, don't worry. But my mom always made a point to actually allow me to have my birthday and then bust out the Christmas decorations. So <laughs> I was, I was always thankful of that. And unless it was a big present, you know, uh, I got away with at least getting two presents. The thing that people listening maybe don't know is how much of December the industry shuts down. And it's basically the bulk of December, but for sure the email ceasefire is starting about the middle of December to today, you know, or like January 3rd or 4th, right? So, but that doesn't mean that work ends. It just means that, you know, you're not inundated with a bunch of nonsense, right? But were you able to get anything creative done? Was the, was the little bit of freedom helpful to you at all? Absolutely. What I really love about this period and, you know, in years past, I really have honed in and been able to use that time to just think a little more freely. And if I have to say so, two years ago, I think it was two, it might have been three, was when I really discovered podcasts and 
dug deep into them and it was over the break when I wasn't constantly firing back to an email or a text message or a phone call and had some time to go through and really figure out which ones I wanted to listen to and start to to dive in. Nice. So speaking of which, here we are starting a brand new year and uh, we kick off a new adventure in podcasting. And we put 2016 behind us. I figured it makes sense to kick our debut episode off with predictions for the biz in 2017. I found this interesting article by Paul Reznikoff that could be a solid basis for debate. Or as he puts it, his article is called the anti-predictions for 2017. So for those interested in reading the full thing, you know, we'll put the link in the in the show notes. And so let's let's rock. Let's let's rock it out. So here we go. Number one, wireless headphones won't take over the world just yet. I am going to agree with him on this. That's because I am sitting here as we speak wired in to this conversation and I don't have a pair of the wireless headphones yet and I don't think I even have a phone that really works with them. But but you do if I'm not mistaken. Well, like I've got I have the new phone that has but the new phone didn't come with the wireless ones. It came with the plug-in ones. It's just the new plug, right? So it doesn't work for anything but that phone. So you have to get an adapter. Doesn't matter. My point is is that I have a pair of wireless Beats and an exact story the other day. I was looking forward to putting them on and doing some housework, right? So the cable didn't get in my way. And here's the problem with wireless headphones. I grab the headphones, I turn it on, battery's dead. (laughs) So for nothing else, the reason why it's going to take some time to adapt is you go, fucking one more thing I have to make sure is charged. Yeah, completely. I do like the idea of not being wired in that case. And I listened to another podcast with some relative frequency and they were going on and on about their wireless headphones, but no one made a mention of the battery issue. How long does the battery typically last on the ones that you have? I think it's, it, depending on how long you use it, it's, you know, hours, you know, five hours or whatever. I still get anxiety. Like, oh, is the the battery going to die? Like, you know what I mean? It's just a drag. But so, you know, whatever. I think it's just one more thing you just got to get used to charging while you're sleeping or something, if that's the way it comes down to it. But anyways, let's move on. Number two, Apple won't close its iTunes download store yet. I mean, we still have CDs that are being manufactured as we speak and shipped to locations where people haven't truly adopted to the digital uh, medium. Uh, and that's even with downloading. So I think that he is correct in this one as well. Though in major markets like the ones that you live in and I live in where we've got you know constant Wi-Fi connectivity or massive amounts of bandwidth on our phones, we're doing so much streaming. But I do think that there's still a market for downloads and it is going to expire, I would imagine, by about 2020 is my pick. I mean, it is inevitable, right? That just because they're not going to go full 100% Apple Music right now, it's inevitable that that's where it's going. Yeah. Uh, so no ar- anyway, no argument there, but I do think it's going to take more than this year. Right. Which segues perfectly into number three. Streaming music won't reach 
250 million paying subscribers. And just for reference, streaming music currently is at 100 million subscribers. And we don't know whether that's, is that worldwide? Do you have any idea? I would assume yes. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, I mean, I know there's always a lot of talk about India completely coming online with things and China coming online with things. Of course, you've got to deal with the political issues with China. But I honestly don't really know. But I would guess that it's going to be hard to to more than double that current number within the next year. But I don't know. What do you think? Once again, it's an inevitability because we all adapt and we all adapt slow But I adapted to their not being vinyl. I adapted to their not being cassettes, right? I adapted to their really not being CDs. I adapted to their not being Tower Records. So it's logical to assume that we will all adapt to their not being iTunes. You know, we'll we'll adapt to the fact that we're just all going to stream and all the content is at your fingertips on your one little device. You know, I I think it's inevitable. It's going to take some time, obviously. And yes, I I agree with him that we're not going to more than double that in a year, but it's going to continue to grow and eventually we'll get to that number. Number four, the Grammys will not be spectacular. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't even care. I I hate to say it. I just, they're never spectacular to me. The most spectacular thing that's ever happened at the Grammys was when Mastodon rolled in, when Homeboy was wearing the Dodgers outfit and the other guy had on the sick, crazy colored suit. To me, they won the Grammys for for the genres that we specialize in, you know, hands down. Yeah, man, I totally agree. The Grammys are not a big deal to me. I can't even remember last time I watched them. And, you know, the the medal awards aren't even televised. So who cares? Number five, Spotify screws artists, quote unquote, will finally die. Meaning that the war cry of, man, we're getting fucked over by Spotify. That's going to die this year. I mean, I don't see why it, I mean, it's definitely skewing towards that way. And I think what you're finding is more and more and more, obviously, labels and artists are having to succumb, if you will. You know, we both know plenty of label owners who took a pretty strong stand against Spotify. But now that so many people are on it and so many labels that I work with, that's where we're pushing people to listen to music because... You know, they do feel that the more streams that they get, the more money that comes into them and the more money that they can give back to their artists. But I think this year you might still hear uh, a lot of that grumbling. What, what do you think? It's going to be harder to make the argument, you know, as Spotify just becomes the clear winner in, in the streaming situation. I mean, it's just going to. It's just going to be tough to for people to complain about it. And like you said, we're seeing artists transfer over that were grumbling about it before or just going like they're just kind of giving in. And, you know, hey, man, look, look, if you can't beat them, join them. And if you can't join them, outsmart them. Right. So at this point, we're in the state where we got to join them until someone outsmarts them. You know, <laughs> anyway, number six, the music industry won't change YouTube. And to further that. Artists don't want another losing war against technology, right or wrong, right? With like Napster and stuff, which means 
YouTube is all about exposure and micropenny payments in 2017 and beyond. Yeah, you know, I'm so curious to see how the interaction with YouTube and Facebook really plays out over the next course of time. Because it used to be that, yes, uh, you know, there's plenty of labels who had adopted to YouTube so early and got such good followings that putting, you know, signing to that label and getting your music out there, it was you know, you immediately knew whether or not people were going to respond favorably or not by getting it out to them. But now with all of the algorithm stuff that's happening on social media, posting those YouTube links, they, they get buried in whatever capacity. So people are doing more and more direct uploads to Facebook. I'm curious to see what happens there. I would agree. I can't imagine that you know, YouTube is going to succumb or, or, you know, change their ways because of the music industry. But I don't even think that that's the right argument in this case. Yeah, it's almost kind of like it's like YouTube is its own animal to where it's like, hey, look, you know, your music's on YouTube and, and you know, people are accustomed to listening there just like they would on Spotify or whatever. But it's almost like maybe it's a matter of thinking about the platform of YouTube itself. And it's and and maybe it's a matter of utilizing YouTube for what it's good at, which is you know video. And may, maybe it's not a matter of of just making a music video. Maybe it's a way to showcase your band's personality, you know, which you can do on you know Instagram and et cetera. But may, maybe it's a matter of like I said, like using YouTube for what its platform is best for, and filming some kind of personality, making some kind of show relative to your band or whatever. Like I don't, I don't have all the answers, but I'm just saying rather than complaining about the situation maybe it's a matter of flipping the script and looking at youtube for what its value is and doing something there you know no i mean i i was just gonna say i think you're right i mean we're in the content business i think what's so curious and this is a whole another episode is where is the value in a traditional music video moving forward in the music business as i on the label side or even on the management side and believe me we get videos done for what I consider to be really great deals, but I get more and more curious as to whether or not having one official video makes sense or if you could take that money and, and spread it over 10 or 15 of these smaller brand development uh, episodes like you're talking about. So, I mean, look, we're in a, in a content-friendly world. Like, you don't just have to make a record you don't just have to sign to a record label you don't just have to make a music video you know i mean i think there's a lot of opportunity out there for uh really creative and uh innovative kind of bands and people anyway moving on number seven vinyl will not disappoint what does that even mean <laughs> it, it, it it means that vinyl will continue to crush and like i read this morning actually on digital music news uh, an article where vinyl the boom is going it is not a fad vinyl sales have currently reached like where they were at in like 1990 or something and now they're bringing in like you know 45s and uh it's just a booming business and uh and it's been going on for 10 years now so the point of what he means by vinyl won't disappoint is that vinyl is not a fad that is going away in 2017 it's only going to get bigger my gut would say that he's wrong. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like it's got to burst at some point. That's sort of the beauty of all bubbles is no one sees them them bursting, just as when you could buy a house and your friend could buy a house and you're unemployed 
bass player, you know, bandmate could buy a house and that bubble burst, I just don't see it being able to sustain itself long-term. Maybe 2017 isn't the year, but I know for a fact many, many people are involved in bringing more and more presses online, and I'm very curious to see how it all pans out over maybe not just the next year, but again, you know, as we start to look towards the end of this decade, where will some of these trends be? Yeah. Number eight. And final number for the article itself, streaming will grow. The number of streaming companies will not. Yeah, I'd say that's probably accurate. There may be one or two more that pop up. You never know what's going to happen. But I think we've had enough time here with you know, we've had some newer editions. We've had Tidal and as Pandora sort of morphs their model, there's enough players in the game, at least a good handful that I'm thinking you're going to see, you know, those horses kind of race towards the finish line as opposed to stragglers popping up between now and, and the end of 2017. We've got the the Coke and Pepsi of streaming, right? Apple Music and Spotify. It's like if you call me one day and you go, I got this great idea for a streaming service, like I would just hang up on you. There's no way to compete in that world. We, we clearly have the winners. And those companies are such tremendously huge animals that any of the smaller ones will predictably just end up getting acquired by one of them and just rolled into whatever that is, or they'll just throw them away. But that seems, that seems logical. I totally agree with that, that, you know, streaming is only going to get bigger, but we're not going to see a bunch of little one-off companies that are doing something or bringing something new to the streaming table, I would say. And I'm, anyway, I'm actually really curious to see how those, you know, the Coke and Pepsi start to incorporate video, if at all, into that you know, into those platforms, which I know they're doing a little bit of, but, you know, more and more of that to compete even with, with YouTube there. Yeah. I mean, look, the, the win I think, and I've even told people at Spotify this and I go, look, the win for you guys is making the back end of the band's pages more friendly for them so that they can log in, they can change the graph, you know, they can change the photos, they can add merch, they can add lyrics, they can. So it's a more of like a MySpace page. Yep. Like if Spotify band pages were like MySpace band pages, it would be awesome for the experience of the artist as well as the fan. But what if what? <laughs> What, what do I know? <laughs> well, hey, I think anybody that came up, you know, or at least existed through the MySpace era always looks for that way to go back. And nostalgia, can you believe we're already talking about MySpace nostalgia here? But, you know, it was favorable to the artist for a reason. And I think you're right. You could do, I mean, what's so interesting about all of these things, any of these platforms, whether they be social media or these streaming companies is it gives you that instant idea of whether something is working or reacting and the more that an artist like you're saying can go in and control things you know that's what i love about things like facebook and instagram and whatever you know i have artists who say hey should we do a or b i say let's put it to the you know let's put it to the social test <laughs> let's yeah. pop an image up there and a gets twice as many likes as b I think I think we've we've got our answer and and so I do I think you're right that those are the types of things that will really allow artists to take ownership and control and that's where we saw that last real 
breakthrough in terms of artists was in that MySpace age. Yeah. Okay. Well, Paul's article includes a few more of his anti-predictions and uh, you can read them on your own if you're interested. Once again, uh, the link will be in the show notes, but let's throw out our own. I'm going to, I'm going to throw one prediction. You can throw one prediction. My prediction for 2017, as some people may or may not know, the the big conglomerate that owns UK magazines, Metal Hammer and Classic Rock, which are awesome magazines. And I know a lot of people say print is dead, and it certainly is in, in the US in a lot of ways. But over in the UK, the, the, these guys make amazing magazines. And um, they got shut down. 70 plus people were put out of business. One of the, the guys from Orange Goblin um, did a fundraiser for all the people that lost jobs right before the holidays, and he did a good thing. But anyway, my prediction is that someone is going to acquire and resurrect Metal Hammer and Classic Rock magazine this year and probably sooner than later. Bold prediction. My prediction is that in your top nine Instagram photos of 2017, more cats appear. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I hope so. There was only one cat photo in my top nine. It was it was a head scratcher. Uh, you know, I think you got to add up the sum of all the cat likes versus you know those other likes in for order sure. to to get yourself some some satisfaction there. But for me, I think 2017 is really the year of the podcast for the music industry. I think as more and more people start them and we're able to show that they're monetizable. More and more bands, brands, individuals, labels, and companies will see that using them as a content piece and income source is is something that is what uh, what happens. Yeah, and they'll uh, and some of them will be on the Jabberjaw Network. Oh, vicious plug! <laughs> <laughs> Boom! But hey, it's a prediction. Yep. So uh, so there there you have it. Well, thanks for tuning in. We will be back here next week. In the meantime, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Blasco1313. That's B-L-A-S-K-O-1313. We encourage you to send in any questions or comments you may have for us and the podcast. And you can email me at askblasco at gmail.com. Because, hey, people, this show is for you guys, and it only exists as a tool for you to use to help you navigate this unpredictable and troubled waters of the music biz. So, Mike, final thoughts for today? Thanks for having us. Looking forward to doing many more of these throughout the year. I want to let everyone know that you can find us online at managementalpodcast.com. We encourage you to go to the iTunes store and rate and review this show. Tell a friend. And if you're feeling like uh, you got some time on your hands, please go to outerloopcoaching.com for my ebook on the business of being an artist. Thanks, everybody. Peace. Hey, what's up? My name's Lurk, and I'm the host of Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast. Every week, I have in-depth conversations with bands from all over the scene, big and small. We also like to keep our finger on the pulse and showcase up-and-coming bands on the show as well. So come check out Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.